Hello to everybody who's not making jokes in the intro this week. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour. One phone call. No names. No holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you. And you'll get to know me. Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here. I hope this episode of Beautiful Anonymous finds you well. You've been able to get some sleep. Recording this on Monday, November 9th, 2020. For release on Tuesday, November 10th, 2020. It's been a week uh, since Election Day, and I think for so many of us, no matter your political inclination, that was a week of bad sleep. And uh, I hope everybody's getting some rest as we settle into a new reality. And obviously, I've talked on the show before about how I was rooting for Joe Biden, and obviously, I'm pleased with the result. But I do not want to sit here and gloat. All I want to say, since this is a platform that I have, is I really hope that his his efforts to unify us come true. I hope that the 70 million people who voted against him feel like he actually is stepping up and trying to represent all Americans. And I, I do very sincerely hope, maybe more than anything, that the inspired, passionate progressives, many of them young, many of them people of color who stepped up and went out and knocked on doors and made phone calls and sent letters and text banked, that they feel like those efforts are rewarded and that they didn't throw their full weight and passion behind someone who's not going to take care of them. And maybe I'm an idealist, but I believe all of those things are possible. I feel like maybe all of us can feel like we get something out of this deal if this guy who spent decades in the Senate making deals with others can pull it off again. Who knows? That's what I'm hoping. This week's episode, it's a really intense one. I'm going to warn you now. It has a moment in the show that I will say probably rattled me more than any other moment in the past four years or so. You're going to know it as soon as you hear it, when you hear my reaction and the caller's reaction. Uh, You hear some anger on my part, which I'd like to think is rare at this point, but it was just born out of extreme concern for the caller. Uh, We have followed up the caller. The caller has promised us once again, as she does during the call, that she's okay and she is okay with this being released and that it will do a lot of help. So therefore we're releasing it. But um, gaslighting, emotional manipulation, these are things that happen and people who listen to this are going to have strong opinions on. Uh, the caller also describes a religious group she wound up in as a cult. Very, very intense series of experiences she went through. I hope that anybody in similar circumstances hears this and feels empowered to find their own help. And most of all, I hope our caller um, really figures out the choices she wants to make makes them, stands by them, and has the support in her life in that process. And I just want you to know, caller, I'm rooting for you so hard, and I'm sending all sorts of positivity and love your way. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello. Hi. How's it going? Uh, You know... Hanging in there. <laughs> a fair answer. Very fair answer. <laughs> How are you? I'm okay. It's been raining for like 40 straight hours in New Jersey and it's so cold. So that's a bummer. Uh, that's a bummer. That is a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Not being able to go outside when you um, are raising an 18 month old is. It's, uh, it's not ideal for me or the 18-month-old or the 18-month-old no mom or anybody or anybody. I don't have kids myself, but I can sympathize. That sounds really hard. So uh, kudos to you. You sound like a superhero trying to oh, maintain a just, household <laughs> with an 18-month-old. <laughs> believe me, I am. I would say Hallie is the superhero far more than I am. And he's a good, really good guy and half stretches where he reads books. But then there's also, there's at least two, two times a day, usually after his meals, where it's like someone just poured like 
liquid nitrogen into him and he just goes nuts just goes nuts <laughs> that's amazing that's such a fun age though um i have new nephews that were adopted and uh they're two and one and just watching them be kids and grow and uh it's just amazing that age is so much fun <laughs> it is it is and i'll tell you especially this year to have something you know to focus on him so much let alone to hang out with somebody every day who doesn't realize how weird things are right now it's kind of refreshing right he has no idea yes it's pretty great their uh their naivete is welcoming <laughs> oh it it allows me to kind of put my head in the sand a little bit which is much appreciated <laughs> i agree i could not agree more um so I wanted to, since I was able to get through to you, hi. Oh, my goodness. Hi. Um, I haven't been a listener super long, but um, I knew that I needed to talk to you and I needed to tell you my story. Um, so I'm really excited to be able to connect with you today. Well, I'm excited to listen. That's very flattering. <laughs> I, I hope you're ready for a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for you, I don't... You said you haven't been listening long, but, you know, people have given me a lot before. So if you're warning me about it, I'm going to buckle up. All right. Um, well, let's just jump in then. Um, my husband and I have been married for just over 10 years. And the week before our 10-year anniversary, I learned about his affair. Oh, uh, that's, uh, I'm really sorry. That's brutal. That's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It's been rough, um, to say the least. Um, yeah. Where do you start with a story like that? Um, yeah, it, it was absolutely life-changing beyond what I even could comprehend and what I'm still comprehending because it's still very raw. It's only been uh, a couple months. So that's since I found out. Um, and yeah, it just, it's continued to rock my world every single day. Every day is new in a different and difficult way. Well, I'm uh, I can't tell you how sorry I am to have, you know, it must feel, especially coming up on your 10 year anniversary, you must be doing all this sort of uh, like reflecting on a decade and, and then it kind of, it must feel a little bit like it tears apart the fabric of reality, I would have to imagine. Yes, absolutely. Um, especially because the affair happened right after our one-year anniversary and lasted for three years. And Whoa. Yep. And the girl that he was sleeping with, um, I didn't know her when it started. But during the affair, she and I became best friends. And they continued while well, we were best friends. While the affair was going on. So she knows yep. this is your husband. And she's also earning mm -hmm. your trust more and more throughout that whole stretch. And spending time at our house. We, we basically took her in as family because her home life was really difficult. Um, you know, we took her to work and all that because she was pretty young and, and we're pretty young. Um, so, yeah, she was another part of our life, another part of our household. She participated in family events with our family, everything. Ooh, that feels sadistic. That feels kind of above and beyond even. I mean, it, it's heartbreaking anytime you would hear about something like this, but that sounds twisted. Yeah. It makes you, it, one of the things that has affected me the most is not feeling like I can trust anyone or anything in my entire life right now because if the person that i call my best friend and the person that i dedicated my life to for the last 10 years could be sleeping together and i have no clue the entire time how can i trust that anything around me is even real yeah when the last 10 years have been a lie and when you say you took her in was she living with you for a while not technically, but she did sleep over at our house a few times, you know, crashed on our couch. Um, her 
the where she was living uh, was only a couple blocks from our house. So there were times where she would just like walk home super late, you know, but she was, she was over almost every day for years. That is, uh, that's uh, really awful. That's really awful. <laughs> and And you said this, so you've been married yeah. 10 years it started yeah. a year in, it went on for, I think mm -hmm. you said three years. So yep. this ended, if I'm doing my math right, around six years ago. Yes, technically ended. Um, the physical affair ended six years ago. The sexting in secret continued up until January of this year. That's... Okay. There's so many questions with this, right? So I would have to imagine, is, well, is that how you found out about everything because you, because of the sexting? Nope. Nope. I found out when she texted me out of the blue and said, Hey, can we get together? I need to talk to you about something. And it just seemed kind of weird because we're in the middle of a pandemic. She knows that I have a chronic illness, so I'm not meeting up with people in person whenever I can help it. And she just out of the blue was like, hey, can we meet up when we haven't seen each other in probably a year because we've drifted apart. Um, so it was just strange. So I had texted my husband because we were both at work. I work at home and he works in the office. And I texted him. I'm like, this is kind of weird. Why does she want to meet up? And he came home from work immediately. And I was like, why, why are you here? It's the middle of the day. And that's when he revealed everything to me because he wanted me to hear it from him first instead of from her. So they must have had a moment where she goes, I can't do this. I gotta, I gotta tell her. Mm -hmm. and yeah. He goes, and well, and he says that they, he had blocked her on everything after January. So they hadn't had any contact, but her girlfriend had gotten a hold of him and said, Hey, she is going to, let her know like what is happening um just so you have a heads up and my husband was like i need to tell her first that's all i ask and when you say girlfriend do you mean a platonic friend the, or a girlfriend no no girl girlfriend girlfriend she's right. bisexual oh wow yeah as am i we we both actually came out around the same time um after we were in a religious cult together that's also another layer of all of this well, hold, okay okay hold I on i know i know i'm sorry i'm gonna no no flash. don't get an hour <laughs> listen i mean a hell of a first 10 minutes right here i'm sitting here saying oh it's uh, raining in new jersey and we didn't even have time for that i just need to take a couple notes let's see uh both yeah i'm just gonna type out both bisexual and did you meet mm -hmm. in the religious cult or you were both in the religious cult we were both in the religious cult. My husband in started going cult. Okay. in like 2004-ish um, when he was still in high school. Um, he's a year below me. We met in high school. Um, and then he invited me. We actually hated each other in high school. We, I thought that he was a stuck-up religious guy, and he thought that I was weird. Uh, <laughs> so we didn't get along. Um, but at the very, like the second to last day of high school, we went on a bus trip for, um, one of our classes and we ended up sitting next to each other. It's just how it worked out. And it was the first time we ever had a conversation. Um, and I was actually telling him about the guy that I was dating at the time who was in jail at the time, <laughs> because I have a really great track record here. Okay, hold on. And, um, I got to add that to my next <laughs> dated man in jail while you were in high school, I believe you said. Yes. Okay, yes. Okay. Yep. Even okay. Yep. Um. So we went on this bus trip. We connected. Um. Kept in touch all summer after I graduated. He still had another year of school. And at the end of summer, when my boyfriend that was in jail got out of jail, he broke up with me immediately because I would not put out for him. Mm -hmm. And what and was he in jail for? Uh, vehicular manslaughter. Oh boy. Okay. That's that's <laughs> vehicular manslaughter. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this is 
this I'm like an onion. I have a lot of layers. Yeah, we're gonna need to follow up on. I'm already calling it. This will be one of the calls we follow up on someday, just because I can't imagine getting to all of this in an hour. No, you're good. You're good. I haven't even touched on the the narcissist mom who blackmailed me through my teens. You know, I've been trying to get through for a, ever since I heard about your show. The very first time I ever heard it, I was like, I have to get on this show. <laughs> Narcissist blackmail teens. Okay, I'm taking now. I'm officially taking shorthand because I don't even have time to write full <laughs> sentences on all these. Things. I'm sorry. No apologies. This is. Uh, it, the, uh, I, I almost just said this is great. It's not great. None of this is great. But as far as <laughs> needing to apologize for airing this out on my podcast, that's what we're here for. And uh, and as far no, as people listening, good, I'm good. sure they're intrigued. And no need to apologize. Okay. Should I just? I sound so happy, but I have to. I have to laugh at my own life because otherwise, I'll just cry all day. So yeah, you know. I mean, do you just go through days where people go, "Oh, that's a. This seems like a very well-adjusted, bubbly person," and you're inside, like, "Oh, well, I've. I'm living in a world of foundationless torment." Yeah. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) People are are surprised when they start hearing about any of my backstory. I I actually live in a town that's not my hometown now, and it's actually been really refreshing to start over and have people that don't know most of my backstory, although they do learn it eventually. Um, Because I'm I'm a pretty open book about a lot of things, but obviously an affair is not one of them. (laughs) Yeah. With a lot of this, I would have to imagine stuff like having been in a cult, having issues with your mom i i bet uh at some point you gotta just let that spill out so that you can just move forward yeah. but this is yeah absolutely this new situation you're still in the thick of it now can i can i launch mm-hmm. into some questions is that okay just to start yes yes otherwise i'll just talk your ear off and probably come up with more things that i need to unravel which i would i mean i would which i would you know i'm also here for and uh no world am I trying to dodge that so it. take over but okay so a couple questions that come to mind and yeah I'm just gonna bounce around all the things you put out there you both came out as bisexual at the same time she's over all the time your husband is having sexual relationships with both of you there is a part mm-hmm. of me that goes well when you both come out at the same time is there any thought of, oh, we're getting very close. We're both in the same situation. Should we explore together? Because there are definitely people listening right now going, well, if the, if if your husband was attracted to both people and you're both open to the idea of bisexuality, was there ever any discussion of all exploring that together? Because it seems, it seems like it would have been not outlandish to bring up, especially if mm-hmm. your husband wanted right. to go, you know, I'm attracted to both, both of you. And it seems like, like, it seems like a conversation that your husband could have had with less awkwardness than in, in maybe some other marriages. Right. So the, the part about that is we both came out as bisexual after we had left the church and after the affair had ended. Um, mm. She may have known before I did not. Um, I had repressed the hell out of that and did not realize until after we had left the church situation. Um, and that's part of what makes it difficult too, is I understand where he's coming from with why he did it. Um, because I'm his first and only everything. First girlfriend, you know, first sexual relationship, all of it. Um, so when you know, we're early in a marriage. We're both virgins going into it in a cult situation where talking about sex is very taboo at a minimum. And you don't know what the hell you're doing. Um, you know, in, in any way, trying to figure it out, being told your whole life that, oh, if you wait for this one person, everything's going to be perfect and great. And it's going to be the most fulfilling thing in your life. And then it's not. And then he meets a pretty girl who comes on to him, who has more experience than him. It'd be hard to say no. So when you say it's not, is that just looking back on it retroactively now that you know what you know? Or while you were in this, the early few years of your marriage, were you going, 
this doesn't feel like it's checking all the boxes that you assume it would. Did you know that back um, then? Did you feel it? A bit of both. It was a bit of both. Yeah, we knew pretty early on that we were not the most actually compatible to start with. Um, part of it is the fact that we lived with his family for the first 14 months of our marriage. Um, so we lived in his childhood bedroom, at, which shared a wall with his brother. Yeah, um, so not it. exactly the best place to learn who you are in the bedroom. Um, but also just with my own past and my own traumas, um, being, and then being in the church, it was really hard for me to be comfortable in sexual situations, um, as a sexual assault survivor and, you know, just everything. It, it was really difficult, uh, to say the least. So I knew back then that it wasn't great. But I didn't know how to fix it because we were only in our early 20s. Um, he was 19 and I was 20 when we got married. So 19 and 20. He was 19? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Now, mm-hmm. this cult keeps coming up. I feel yeah. like I got to hear more about it. I, I, uh, I tell you, I was an American studies major in college, so I took a, a lot of classes that were, I thought were useless, but I took one called Cults and Communes, which has been useless up until doing this show. I talked to another, there was another uh, caller who escaped a cult many years ago, um, and it actually turns out, wow, I took that class for a reason. You said that in this cult, sexual discussion was taboo. I know that a lot of cults make a point of kind of um, either overtly or subconsciously manipulating people sexually. It sounds like this one went in the mm-hmm. opposite direction. So what was up with this cult? Um, so it's not like um, Waco or you know a cult like that, but it does technically fit the definition of a cult when you break it down. Um, the church denomination itself is Pentecostal, um, specifically apostolic Pentecostal. So any of the listeners out there that know what that is would be like, Oh yeah, I know who you, what you're talking about. Um, but it, it's one of those where it's very, very conservative in every way. Um, the women have to wear skirts that are loose fitting and preferably below the knee, uh, no cleavage, um, no tank tops, you know, you, you can't, it was like two fingers below the clavicle kind of like scoop neck stuff. Um, uh, we didn't cut our hair or dye it at all. No makeup, no nail polish, no jewelry, no tattoos, no piercing. Just absolute as straight as they come. Uh, that kind of religious. Um, and I joined when I was 18. <laughs> oh, so you were only in it a, a short time before getting married. Did you Did you get into it because he was mm-hmm. into it and you were falling for him? Yes. Yep, I had to join in order to be allowed to date him. We're going to pause. I'm not going to be making any jokes or cute comments like I usually do. We're just going to thank our advertisers for supporting the show. We'll be right back. Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Thank you again to our advertisers. Now let's get back to the phone call. Oh, so you were only in it a, a short time before getting married. Did you did you get into it because he was into it and you were falling for him? Yes. Yep, I had to join in order to be allowed to date him. Oh boy. And this is, I'll ask a question that I actually feel like this might be a taboo question. And I apologize if it is, is this just because I know that you, when you say it technically meets the definition of a cult and it's a form of Pentecostal Christianity, 
I know that sometimes that gets taken far as like snake handling and drinking, drinking strychnine and stuff. Is this, is this that far to the extreme or not quite no. there? Okay. No, not that far, but I mean, like if, I've, if you've ever seen, I think it's called Jesus camp. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's like that. You Where know, they're doing the the laying hands, praying in tongues, uh, baptism, all, all of that. So I'm just going to say it. This is one of the things, right? If you have a religion that takes things to an extreme of sexual repression, it's probably not surprising that people who are suppressed from exploring their sexuality, have it go haywire down the line and that your husband starts acting out in this way. You can't, do you, do you feel like part of that upbringing or part of that religion was part of why he pulled this on you? Um, yeah. I mean, he wasn't allowed to have another girlfriend unless she was part of the church. Like it was just luck that I was allowed to even consider dating him before I was fully immersed um so yeah it it, that definitely was part of it um you know i i had many boyfriends before him that you know were your high school boyfriends nothing super serious but i at least had experience of dating and flirting and you know talking to people and he didn't so yeah it you know I, i imagine that it would be hard to resist someone coming on to you at that point too, because you're just not used to that kind of attention, but also just the whole sexual repression of, you know, absolutely no masturbating and no, you know, going on dates with people and no going to prom because you're going to look at a woman and fall into sin. And, you know, just all of that, I'm sure, I'm sure is really hard on a young teenage boy. And, had had you left the church when the affair started? No. So we, I joined the church in 2008. Um, we got married in 2010. And then we left at the beginning of 2016. So this whole time he's having this affair. Mm-hmm. Both he... While I'm in the church doing everything you're supposed to do. And, and she's in the church as well, you mentioned. Yes, she joined because he invited her. I thought this whole time that she was she came because she was friends with his younger brother, um, who was also in the church. Um, I thought that the younger brother invited her. It turns out it was him, and I didn't know that. So he had to pretend that he was like just meeting her for the first time kind of thing, when really they knew each other and had been screwing for six months at that point before I met her. Oh, I hate that. And so not so not yeah. only are they having an affair, they're having an affair while participating in a religion that he, I don't want to say forced you into, but influenced you to mm-hmm. join as fair. And one where his right. his behavior, I would imagine, is one where he's part of an intense religion that that must be going, well, this you're gonna burn and you're gonna burn in hellfire forever for doing this. Exactly. Yes. Yep. So this is messing up everybody's head on a bunch of levels. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And we were, we were really good friends, me and her, um, once she joined, um, we connected pretty quick, you know, just we clicked and then we were pretty good friends until around 2014. Neither of them could give me a solid end date for when things stopped, but I know that they started about this week, nine years ago, because it was when we got our apartment. They had sex in our apartment before he and I did. Is this apartment, are you still living in this apartment? No, no, we've moved since then, but, and got rid of the bed too. Thank God. Good. And (sighs) Hey, here's a big question that I haven't even asked yet because there's been so much coming down the pike. Are you divorced? Are you thinking about divorcing them? Where are we at with that? Um, so far still together. Um, still trying to figure out what I want. Um, I started therapy. Um, I demanded that he start therapy. He halfway started it and kind of stopped. Um, I've been talking with my therapist about that and how to approach him about it. So maybe he'll hear this episode and then know how I feel about it. Um, Is he a listener? 
Yes. He is. He actually knows. He knows that I'm talking to you today. I mentioned it. Yeah. Really? I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to get on the show and I'm going to, I'm going to talk to him. And he knows that I've been trying to call for forever. So yeah, so you're going to, you, he knows that you're airing this out and putting them on blast right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> wow. Wow. And well, I, maybe I should feel bad about that, but I don't, um, because it's my story. And this is my truth and this is what I'm living. And as selfish as it probably sounds, at least I'm not airing this on Facebook to all of our friends and family. You know, someone may listen to this and recognize my voice or recognize my story, but. Listen though. I can't just, I, I can't just sit here and not tell what's going on with me, especially when I work from home in the middle of a pandemic in a city where I have like two friends. And I'm by myself all day, every day. Well, let me say a couple <laughs> things, if I may. Yeah. Um, hold on, because I need to take some notes on that. In a city with two friends. Let me say a couple things, right? And I know this guy's mm-hmm. listening. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bite my tongue and not get too emotional then. But what I will say is... If you want to go ahead and air it out on Facebook, go ahead and do it. If you decide my family and friends need to know this and I'm going to A, because I need their support and B, because I feel betrayed and, and I kind of have to burn it down, you're within your rights. And mm-hmm. let me say something else is there's probably people who are part of of apostolic Pentecostalism right now, listening, going, no, 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 no. It's that it, they're ma- you're making it sound more extreme than it is. But let me also say this. If, if this is an organization that's forcing women to wear baggy clothes down to their ankles, I don't care that it's associated with religion. We are past that as a society and anybody who's hanging mm-hmm. on to that, that is, that is a uh, patriarchal to a degree that is, is psychologically not safe uh, for women. I would have to imagine. Now I'm a guy, I can't speak for women, but listen, it's handmade stale shit, right? It's, and it's, and you have to think that someone who was raised in a culture where women are told to dress a certain way, behave a certain way. I'm sure this is the type of place you tell me if I'm right or wrong, where it's like, Hey, if if you're making eye contact with a man who's not your husband, avert your eyes. You don't know what that is. It sounds like it's taken to that mm-hmm. extreme. So absolutely, there's also a part of me that goes: if someone is raised in a culture where everything revolves around men calling the shots and women being having their power taken away from them, you have every right to take that power back now. And dude, you're out there listening. Take a deep breath. Understand you're the one who caused all of this. And the person that I'm talking to right now on the phone, dude, gets to call the shots on this one. Okay? You don't get to manipulate it anymore. It's hers to decide what she will do with now. And that's on you. And that's on you. Okay? So... I'm sure there's discussions. I'm sure, and it must be confusing for you and as well, confusing for him as well. Because if they haven't slept together in six years, but there's sexting still happening, all this nonsense, there must be a part of him going, hey, it's been six years and I realized it was wrong and I've lived with the guilt. And I'm sure all those conversations have happened, but you're in charge now. The caller on the phone, you're the one in charge now. He gave away that agency when this happened. And he only told you about this when someone else said they were about to. So he's been- Yeah, absolutely. His hand was forced and that that disrespect sucks. So, And it is disrespectful. And it means that he has been willingly getting away with it for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So- He's probably shitting his pants. He knows you're calling me. He listens to the show. He hears the anger in my voice. Uh, So I'm trying to just be measured and fair with all the ways I'm saying it. But he's been willingly getting away with this for a decade now. 
that strikes me as something that is manipulative and reflective of not just a disrespect of you, but a a disrespect of uh, women in general. And, uh, but even more specifically of you. And I hope that as someone who fell down a track where you kind of, you know, did join up with a group that, that doesn't let you have any power or sense of agency. Well, you got it now. And don't you fucking apologize for a thing. Sorry, Sally. But whatever you want to do to protect yourself, don't you fucking apologize for it, okay? And don't you apologize to him. And don't you hold back. And dude, I know you're listening. You got to own that. You got to take it on the chin. She's now allowed to do what she wants in regards to this situation. And you got to take it on the chin, okay? I know you're out there listening, dude. So that's about as fair and measured as I can be. Ball's in her court now. You sit on the sidelines, let it, let the game play out. Sit there and watch. That's the least you can do. Let her go in the direction she needs to go because that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Bring two women into a religion where women have no power and then you sleep with both of them? That's, uh, that is cult shit. That is cult shit. And maybe it wasn't from a guru like David Koresh, like you were saying Waco before. It wasn't like Jim Jones. But you bring women into a culture where they have no power and you bring them both in and you sleep with both of them. You know what that is? Intentional, if you ask me. So call her. I don't know if anybody's told you that before, but I'm telling it to you now. I have a little bit of tough love, but I think I need it. (laughs) You're in charge now. You're in charge now. No deference to this That's guy. Scary. Like, I don't know what to do when I'm in charge. Yeah, well, look, because you got married when you were 20 and you got married under the auspices of a culture that, that, and again, some people are out here going, hey, Chris, don't slam it. It really works for me. Sure, if that's what you're into, okay? I can take a deep breath and I can be fair. But even people within that faith, I'm sure, have to hear what this guy did and go, it's the exact opposite of what we believe. And it doesn't take too many connecting of dots to go, this guy brought you and this other woman into the situation. And I I can't say I'm a fan of hers, and I'm sure you're saying the same, but you have one thing in common. You were manipulated by the same guy, and he used the same path to get you both there. It's on him. Religion can be manipulated. Any religion, any religion. Absolutely. I'm sure even the Quakers, who I'm a big fan of the Quakers, I'm sure there's Quakers out there. I've heard, because I've given big ups to the Quakers on the show before. I go, those guys, those guys and gals seem like they're getting it right. I'll, even 22, those guys and gals and others who identify how they get it right. And they've had, I've had people reach out to me go, Chris, just so you know, there are different types of Quakerism that have different types of issues. Every religion can be manipulated. And, yeah. Uh, this guy did it the same way twice. So don't you yep. apologize for a fucking thing. Oh my Sorry, God. Sorry, Sally. You don't owe him anything at this point. Is that him? Was that door opening him? Yes. Really? I'm on Beautiful Anonymous right now. Yes. I'm talking with Chris right now. Are you just getting the thing and going back or? Okay. I don't even know what to say. I'm sorry. You don't ever apologize. You do me a favor. You're on the phone with me. The word sorry Mm -hmm. does not come out of your mouth one more time. It doesn't come out of your mouth one more time. You don't have anything to apologize to me for. And I'm sitting here scared going, are you apologizing because you're nervous and talking talking with me on the phone and this is an intense thing? Or are you apologizing because you've been trained to apologize to men? It's a question I now have to have in my head. 
let me also say this. <laughs> me going on some huge, massive rant about him, and then he walks into the room, and then you tell him, you're on the, it was by far one of the most intense moments in the entire history of this show, by far. And I, I am can't... shaking. Yeah, I'm sure. And he's oh, probably sitting there. I'm all... shaking. I, I, yeah, it, he's not supposed to be home for another, like, two hours, but... Um, he's expecting delivery, so he came home to see if I was here. And you told him you were talking with me today? Yeah. Yeah, well, let me call him out on this bullshit, too, then. He didn't come home because of the delivery. I put money that he came home to scare you and have you clam up. That's my bet. And I bet you're thinking it in your gut, too, that now you can, now you don't feel the freedom to say as much because he's on the other side of the goddamn door. Not a fan of it. Am I right or am I wrong? Is that how he rolls? Uh, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Well, I'm not trying to be some. I'm not trying to be yet another guy who tells you how to think. So I will retract that. <sighs> Sorry, I'm just trying to breathe. Of course. No, that was intense for me. And you're in the room and it's your life. Yeah. Don't say the word sorry. You know, you can say I'm trying to breathe. No apologies. Okay. You don't have to apologize for a thing. You don't have to apologize for a thing. I cannot. I could not script that. I cannot script any of my life, but I could not script that. I mean, I had the thought that was intense to the degree where some people are out there going, "Is this a stunt?" Is this a stunt to no, get downloads? That's no, what people I, are out there thinking. I promise you. I promise oh. you too. That was real. That's am, about as real as it's I ever gotten on shaking. this show. Well, <sighs> let me ask you. Let me ask you something then. You're shaking. Yeah. Do you feel safe? Yeah. Is it, are you yeah. ever? Do you okay. ever feel like you're in physical danger? No. Promise. Yeah, I promise. Okay. Because that was an intimidation I don't know that tactic. He, I don't know that he, no, no, I don't know that he could actually hurt a fly. He's never hurt me in any way other than except severely screwing my friend. Except severely <laughs> in every other way except physical. Yes, yes. But like the physical and, you know, entrapment, no, not, none of that. Well, and, and let me point this out because he's going to listen. He's going to listen, you said. Yeah. So just so you know, dude, in the future, go rewind it. And listen back to what you just did and listen to the fear you caused in your wife and in me, a stranger. You heard us freeze, okay? And that's not us freezing of like, oh, we got caught. Because unlike you, she told you what she was going to do today. That's, right. that's a reaction you invoke, dude. I bet that's not the first time you've gotten scared when he's walking, walked into a room. Am I right or am I wrong? You're right. Yeah. You need to be safe. And if you have the grace and forgiveness in your soul to feel safe with him, then uh, I am impressed to the ends of the earth. But if you can't find a way to feel safe, if you find that you're feeling scared and you feel that you can't let this sense of betrayal go, you take care of you. You put yourself in a place where you are emotionally safe. And uh, that moment that I just heard, maybe he's sitting there listening someday far from now going, no, it was just a delivery. I had to check on it. I'm telling you what I heard was someone who was coming in to intimidate someone else. And I heard how I heard the immediate change in tone you went from being someone who, like we said before, you're going, people wouldn't even guess what I've been through when I talked to him because I sound like this. And then you didn't sound like that. You all right? Yeah. How is it you've known me for a half an hour and you can read my mail better than most everyone I know? Once again, we're going to take a little break We'll be back right after this. Uh, 
that's our final break, everybody. Let's finish off this phone call. How is it you've known me for a half an hour and you can read my mail better than most everyone I know? (laughs) Well, because you were telling me and you were opening up. And I bet that that doesn't happen too often. And then because he... Mm -hmm. uh, he decided to try to flex and walk into the room, and that tells you that tells you a lot. Tells you a lot that he's scared of what you're saying. Has he has he uh, has he begged you? Please don't put this on Facebook and everything. Has, has that conversation happened a bunch of times? No, um, I made it pretty clear that I I didn't want to be vindictive, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to um, I didn't want to do anything that I would regret. Um, so when, so when I first found out, I guess I should go back to that part of the story. The day I found out, I ended up meeting up with her that same day, like two hours later after I ran away for a little bit and screamed in an alley and cried and came back and he was already packing his bags. Um, and he launched on me. Uh, I know you're going to want a divorce. I've already looked into how we can uh, afford this. You know, you can stay in this apartment and I just need a few hundred dollars to go buy a beater car and all of that. And I'm going to go stay at a friend's and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I don't even know what I want yet. I'm like a half an hour into this. You got to give me a second to let my brain catch up. No no decisions are being made this weekend. And, And I had him go stay with a friend uh, for a week, but I told him no decision. Nobody's buying a car. Nobody's looking for apartments. Nobody's locking each other out of bank accounts. We are continuing like nothing happened in the sense that we're not separating anything. We are just surviving at least for this first week. Yeah. Because this is the week before our anniversary. Um, oh, so you had to celebrate your 10 year anniversary on some level or at least reference that it was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I live very open on social media. So if I didn't make a 10 year anniversary post, people have been like, what's going on? Um, that would have been suspicious. So, you know, in the middle of processing everything, I'm also wondering how I'm going to have a 10 year anniversary. You know, luckily we didn't have any major plans because of COVID, but you know, I still, I still wanted to mark that occasion for what it was. Um, Cause even if nine years of it were a lie, it's still 10 years with someone legally in every other way. So it was still important to me. Um, so we spent the first week apart. Um, I had a friend help me go to the grocery store and get some necessities that were easy to make and eat because I knew that, I was going to struggle on my own. Um, you know, I, I went, uh, we were supposed to go on a double date with a couple of friends the day after it happened, the day after I found out. Um, and I invited my best friend along instead because I already had the tickets and the four of us all like went to the sunflower field and um, just hung out. And I eventually told those, that other couple, like what happened um, and why my best friend was with me and not my husband. Um, And, you know, they were, they were really good about it. They, you know, they were like, you can stay here if you need to, we're, we're here for you. They drove down the next day just to hang out and check on me, even though it was uh, like an hour and a half each way. And they only were here for like an hour or two, but they, they drove down and they were like, we just wanted to make sure you're okay. And have you not spend the entire day by yourself? Um, so it did that. And then that first week we talked on the phone every night. I was asking different questions as they came to my mind. Um, I'm the type of person that I want to know everything. I need every detail. Um, even the ones that I probably wasn't ready for. So like one of the first things I asked was how many times it happened. And he actually lied to me the first time he told me. Um, because when I asked her about it, she gave me a a different answer. Um, so then I had to confront him about that and be like, even when you were telling me the truth, you couldn't tell me the whole truth. So he tried to make it sound like more of a a fling or a one-time only thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or less than what it was. And he says it's because he could see how upset I was and he didn't want to make it worse. But I was like, you made it worse by lying more. Like just be 
a hundred percent honest with me. I I need every detail. You know this. And he wasn't. Um, he wasn't trying to make you less upset. He is someone no. who kept the secret for ten years, got away with it, and was trying to still, on some level, minimize it so he could get away with it. And dude, that's the truth. Own it. It's hard. It's hard because I'm talking to him I when still, I say it. Dude. I know, I know. I still love him, and I still. I still see all the good, especially since we left the church and all the good things that have happened in this awesome life we've built. We own a business together on top of oh, our full-time jobs on. that we're both excelling at. So you're tangled and, up in all sorts of ways, all sorts of confusing In every way, in every way possible. Um, you know, car payments and leases and, you know, whatever. It, when you've When you started a life so young, and you've been together for an entire decade. Everything is entangled. We have the same friends, you know, the same social circles. Everyone knows us. We went to the same high school. You know, our families, like his family is as much mine as mine is his. So that's been another part too, is I have to be careful who I tell, because if I tell certain people what he did to me, they have to choose sides. And I don't want to put anyone in that position. That's not fair. It's not fair to them. But then it's also not fair to me. And I hear you. And I understand theoretically how how scary that must feel, but it's it's not fair to them. But I would say it's significantly less fair to you. And I just gotta, again, as, as, as balanced as possible, I do just gotta say, protect you. Don't protect him. Don't protect your family and friends. If they choose sides, they choose sides. But you know what else I want to just put out there? Is your you're strong and you're stronger than you think you are. And you called this show and you've survived a lot. You mentioned you survived an assault. You mentioned you survived mm -hmm. your mom trying to blackmail you. You mm -hmm. were in a cult. You, yeah. al you also had to embrace bisexuality when you were probably, I, have, I can't imagine this church was very pro LGBTQ. Can't imagine that. <laughs> Nope, not at all. <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff where you've demonstrated you're a strong person. And don't worry about how other people pick sides. If there's people who don't pick your side, screw them. You know? And if you're worried at all about, oh, people might pity me or whatever, no, 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 no. Because here's one of the things I've been most impressed by, and it's just happened in the past handful of years where I've noticed Women are demanding much more of a seat at the table than they ever have. I think it's secretly part of the strength of this show is because women embrace it. I couldn't figure it out for a long time. I'm going, I've always appealed to angry punk rock kids. Well, guess what? Women are tired of bullshit more than it's happened mm -hmm. in my lifetime. Who do they say is the most important voting block right now? Suburban women. Who do they say is the core driving force of the Democratic Party? Black women. I have a feeling people aren't going to pity you because I bet there's a lot of people out there in your life who you'll be surprised, especially the women in these situations who are going to go, not only do I not pity you, but this is going to unlock strength and power in you and anger that can motivate you. Like it's motivating the rest of us right now. It has been for a while. It's a bunch of bullshit you're getting put through. Don't forget that sitting here worried about other people. It's not fair to them. What's fair to him? I don't know what choice you want to make, but it's yours to make. And don't sit here worrying about anybody but you. Because the last thing you need, the last thing you need is to fight through a lifetime of bullshit and a lifetime of hard stuff and unexpected turns that led you down some weird paths 
The last thing you need is to get to the end of your life and go, shit, I made the wrong choice because it was in the service of others. So I don't know. The right choice might be to stay with him, but just make sure that's a choice you're making for you. Not to make anybody else more comfortable, him or your family, his family, your friends, whoever. Make that choice for you, okay? Yeah, absolutely. I need you to just come, you know, live here and motivate me every day. Because <laughs> that's really inspiring and helpful. And I, I needed that more than you know. Well, that's becoming evident. And I'm going to tell you something else. You don't need me there. You don't. You got it. You got it. You sound, you, you push, so. you push through your mom trying to blackmail you. You went deep into a cult that tried to take away your sense of agency. You said, not only will I reject that cult, but I will be more honest about who I am on the inside as I come out of that cult. You don't need me. That's like Dumbo with the feather. You don't need anybody but you. I can tell you have a kid. <laughs> how do you mean? Like I'm practicing these speeches on how to get this kid. <laughs> like when someone beats him up at school and I'll be like, you got this, man. You go in there. You stand oh, no, up no. for yourself. No, the fact, the fact that you referenced Dumbo and I'm like, oh God, I haven't seen that movie in like, I don't even know how long. <laughs> well, <laughs> it just made me chuckle because I don't know the last time I saw Dumbo. <laughs> listen, I haven't rewatched it in a while, but you are correct in that as the father of an 18 month old, I think I am legally required to have a subscription to Disney Plus. So yeah, it's... <laughs> It's That's on my fair. mind. It's on my mind. It's on my mind. I almost just apologized for this episode being so heavy, but I'm trying not to. No, don't. 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 Oh, I can't believe he came home. <laughs> that was not fair. And it was not nice. No. It's not nice. I hope you, uh, I hope, dude, when you're listening, go back and listen to that. And whether it was a conscious, whether you were driving home in a panic going, shit, is she really doing that? Is she really getting on the phone with him? Or whether it was a subconscious thing. Listen to the fear you caused, man. Listen to that moment when your wife froze in terror because you walked into the room. Sir, you have set that bar. I need him to hear that. Go back and re-listen to that enough times that you realize I fucked up and I need therapy and I need help because there's a lot to unwrap if you're walking into a room to scare someone and then the whole world gets to listen to how much fear you cause. Dude, Listen to that. What you did right there was not okay. And even if you're sitting there going, what? I, I just needed to check on the package. You could wait a half hour. You could wait an hour. You could text and say, hey, are you done with that yet? There's a thing I need to check on. Take your fucking lunch break for an hour. Come get the package afterwards. Because you know what? She's allowed to show Agency, as much as you decided to show agency with the decisions you made. Don't try to regulate your wife anymore, dude. Don't do it. Even on the days when you're maddest at her for stuff that she has done. You don't try to regulate someone else's behavior. You left that church. Those days are done. You don't get to regulate your wife's behavior anymore. Okay? And I hope he hears that. I hope he listens to that shit. I hope he goes back and listens to that moment. And I hope he's fucking ashamed. That was scary. And I honestly, yeah. And honest to God, if you feel like you're not okay in that environment, you can say it right now. And I'm telling you, We'll hang up this phone. We won't even air this if you don't want us to. And we'll get on the fuck, me and Anita, I promise you. My producer, who you've spoken to, will get on the mm-hmm. fucking phone right now to figure out how to help you if you need help. No, no, I'm okay. I promise. I promise I'm okay.
can I ask you something? And I'm not doing this for drama and I'm not trying to be a meddler. You talked about this stretch where you said, no, don't pack your stuff. You're not going to go buy some shitty car. It's been 10 years. I need time to figure it out. You talked about creating a little bit of a smoke screen on social media for your 10 year anniversary. So people wouldn't ask you what's up. You talked about, it's not fair to my family, his family to make them choose sides. Do you have a gut instinct of what you want? And you don't even need to say what it is if you don't want. You can just say yes or no. Do you have a gut instinct of what you want? Yeah, I do. And have I didn't you, at first, have but you, I do. And have you owned that? Have you made it clear to people, whether it's him or friends you've bounced the idea off of? Or is, is the thing you want a, a secret you're still keeping deep down? I'm still keeping it. I don't I don't even think I told my therapist. Well, that's a great starting point. Because your therapist is legally bound to not say shit unless you don't <laughs> unless you want them to. I think I think when I'm ready to decide, I think I'm gonna tell her first. But yeah, no, I have I have what my brain and my heart are both saying and then I have what I think I really want. Um but I'm I'm trying not to rush anything. You do it. I need to terms. see real. Yeah, I need to see real remorse. I need to see real change. You know, and he needs to rebuild trust or prove. You know, I I just need to see more. I need more time. It's, it's hard living in limbo. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you make the decision today. But I'm going to say, it's not surprising to hear that you have a gut instinct that you haven't put out there yet. And I just am really, really praying that that gut instinct comes to the surface and that you don't swallow that for anyone else's sake. Whatever it may be, don't swallow it because it'll stay in your guts forever at that point. That's got to be what leads the charge Mm -hmm. on whatever happens is you. You get to decide now. You get to decide. Right. You don't have to wear a baggy skirt down to your ankles every day now. You can walk down the middle of the street in a bikini in the dead of winter for all I care. You're allowed (laughs) to make your choices now. Yeah. Yeah, you're right just hard i've never had that power really i don't know if i'm indecisive because i'm indecisive or because i was taught to be not the decider and who knows it might be a combination of both i'm not the most decisive person in the world on this show i can rant and rave and have firm opinions but i'm also someone who waiters have brought me literally the entirely wrong dish and i sit there and eat it because i feel bad I don't want them getting in trouble with their manager. So I have moments of extreme indecisiveness myself, despite all my bluster. You can be indecisive. I'm the same way. Yeah. And if it, whether it's coming from you or you've been trained to do it, I tell you, I also can't help but feel like maybe you are someone who leans that way. And maybe that's why it was easy for you to be convinced to get into an extreme religion that encourages it. They mm-hmm. might go hand in hand. Either way. Yep. It's your decision. And I'm sure your therapist has said some version of that. I've said it now. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of people who hear this who agree that that's one of the main things that should be a takeaway. And I hope you don't let anybody convince you to put that flame out because it's very real. Thank you. I really needed a, a good perspective today and i don't know i might be wrong about all of it but i heard that dude walk into the room and it was if he was trying to help himself to get you to shut up there was a stretch there where you and i probably didn't speak for 30 seconds that said more than than you've said in an hour so he screwed up if that was his goal and dude again go back and listen to the effect you have Go back and listen and ask yourself if you're proud of that. Ask yourself if you're proud of that, dude. 
And if you're sitting there going, fuck you, Chris, that's fine too. That's fine too. If you want to come to a live show someday when I'm in your town, tell me, say it to my face. That's fine. I'll tell you some things right back. I'll tell you some things right back. If you're like, I'm that husband who intimidated my wife and I didn't appreciate what you had to say. I'll go, oh yeah, well, here's my opinion. That's not a threat. We'll just honestly give him my opinions. I meant what I said, but I don't need to be scared of this guy and you don't either. Okay. I'm going to add that to my mental list of cool parts of my life. Chris Gether willing to throw down for me. Yeah. I mean, if you need a weak nerd to throw down on your behalf, I'm your guy, beautiful anonymous <laughs> community. I'm your guy. Probably get my ass beat. Probably get my ass beat. <laughs> but I will get my ass beat for you. That's fine. Caller, so sincerely... I want you to take the steps and actions in your life that are going to make you feel safe, make you feel comfortable. Really some concerning stuff that I pointed out in the course of that call, and I hope you are talking to your therapist, your network of friends, your family, to make sure that you know you have the, the safety you need. And emotional safety counts in a big way. Thank you for sharing your story. I think it's going to help people out there. Thank you. Make the choices that you want to make. Thank you to Anita Flores. Thank you to Jared O'Connell. Thank you to Jordan Allen. Thank you to Shellshag, ChrisGeth.com. That's where I'm at. Hey, if you like the show, Apple Podcasts, subscribe. Follow on Spotify. Favorite on Stitcher. It really genuinely helps so much, especially during 2020. And that's all that.